Okay, Father, just bless this message tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. There's a cost to be associated with God's people. And so what I mean by that is, is that, for example, Moses in the Hebrews chapter 11, um, uh, he forsook all the riches and the wisdom of, of Egypt. And he traded that for the reproach to be associated with the Hebrews. The Hebrews living in Egypt were like slaves. Uh, Moses himself was Hebrew. He was from that line, and he didn't know that until later. And when he found that out, um, he uh, counted it um, not too high of a price to be associated with God's people, the Hebrews. The Hebrews were slaves, and they were looked down upon, and they were very poor. And yet, Moses did not uh, count it strange to be associated with God's people. And Paul had friends that were associated with him. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, I believe, verse 10, he said that Demas has left me, having loved this present world. Um, as a man or a woman of God, as a Christian, there are going to be times when for people to be associated with you and I, it will co- it's going to cost them something if it hasn't already done that. And it's going to cost them their reputation. Oh, you go to that church? I mean, you, be- you believe in God? You mean to tell me that you believe in the, with the, everything that the Bible says? I mean, everything? And, like, there is a cost to be associated. And, and some people have actually lost their lives. They've, they've become martyrs because they've associated themselves with Jesus Christ. And so there's a cost to be associated. And to be associated with the body of Christ means that I'm losing my life and my reputation, and I'm associating myself with the people of God. We see here in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 8, it says this, Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. Now Paul, uh, Peter, uh, Paul um, Timothy's spiritual father, who is in jail right now, is saying this to, to Timothy. He says, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. He's saying this to Timothy, who is a young man who is tempted to become intimidated by his spiritual father being in jail. Can you imagine if your pastor was in jail? And um, for some people, that wouldn't be too hard to imagine, <laughs> me being in jail. <laughs> we won't go into any details. <laughs> but can you imagine your pastor being in jail or your spiritual father being in jail and then having to explain to your family, yeah, he's my pastor, and I still go to that church. And they'd be like, you mean that pastor with all that scandal around him? And did you hear what he did or what happened? And have you heard what the neighbors are saying about that church? And, you know, and, uh, and Paul says to Timothy, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but be thou a partaker of of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. And so Timothy, as a young man, came to a point in his life where it was going to cost him something to be associated with God's people. And there was a temptation in Timothy's mind to be ashamed of the gospel, of his faith, and to be ashamed of the church and his pastor that he was associated with. And so Timothy is challenging him here. I mean, Paul's challenging Timothy, saying, uh, do not be ashamed of the testimony. There are two 
there are two examples in the Old Testament that we know about of how God blesses us according to who we are associated with. Now, we know plenty of examples when the disciples were associated with Jesus and how, and how they were persecuted in the book of Acts. We know examples of how um, uh, Moses, when he, was, uh, when he decided to be associated with the Hebrews, how he was rejected from Egypt. But along with the cost of association, there's also a huge blessing. And this is a simple lesson tonight. It's not going to be long. But it's something I want us to remember, that to be associated with God's people and to be associated with God's perfect will for our lives, there's a huge blessing in it. Let's look at Genesis chapter 12. Today, today, in today's Christianity, it is not, it is not kosher or it is not very popular to be part of a church that or to be part of a group of people that are making waves. Because we see in Genesis chapter 12, verses 2 and 3, um, that to be a part of God's people, not only is there a cost, but there's a huge blessing. I, I remember a conversation that I had with a CEO of a very large company that is just a multi-million dollar company, and my wife and I were eating dinner with her and her staff, and um, I just thought, okay, this is my opportunity to talk to this person about God, <laughs> you know, like, and I found out that she was a Catholic, and that for her, what really mattered in her language of love was uh, acts and deeds, and um, when she had found out of all the scandals in the Catholic Church, especially in this area. She's not from here, but she um, had heard about it. She became very disillusioned with the Catholic Church. And she did say this one thing about Billy Graham. She said there it has been never, there's never been any scandalous situations with Billy Graham. There's never been any of those scandals, she said, about him. And when we are associated with God's people, uh, it may not always be clean, and it may not always be perfect, and it may not always be like, yeah, I'm a proud member of that church, and I don't mind telling people about it. Sometimes it, it may be a bit like this, where, where, for example, the people of God in the Old Testament, the Hebrews, there was a lot going on in Jacob's family, wasn't there? David's family, there were scandals. Uh, Moses, I mean, in, in Jacob's family, there were problems. It wasn't always clean and cut and, and, and dry. And we see that with Abraham, that what was amazing about Abraham, and if you look at Abraham's life, he never did anything really amazing. Like he didn't plant churches. He didn't take over nations. He didn't have an army that, um, that, that conquered lands. He was just a very simple man that just followed God through the wilderness. And the thing that made Abraham amazing was the promise of God. And in, Gen in Genesis chapter 12, verse 2 and 3, it says, I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and I will make thy name great. And thou shalt be a blessing, and I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curses thee. And in thee all the families of the earth shall be blessed. That's Abraham. Now, you know, you and I are like Abraham, aren't we? 
we have that covenant in our life. God has made that same covenant with you and I, that that He will make a covenant. I mean, He will make of us, the body of Christ, a great nation, the spiritual nation. And we have the blessing of God in our lives. And although we may be very simple people, there is something very amazing about our life, and that is the covenant that God has made with you and I. And that covenant is, is that people that are associated with you and I are going to have a blessing in their life. I mean, I think, okay, look at your family. I take your family, for example, right? Let's all think about our family. Think of those people. <laughs> Don't laugh at your family, but think about your family. Um, is that, that think about the blessing of the Lord in your family. I can think about that, and I can think of how God's blessing is in my family. Like, I was the first one in my family to get saved, and I was like nine years old. My whole family, they were just pagan Americans, just worshiping the American dollar, you know? And I got saved at the age of nine, and it was just a miraculous salvation. And, and from that point, God began to work in my family in an amazing way. And then, then eventually everyone got else. I led my brother and sister to Christ, Pastor Jason and my sister. And then that revival started. Then my dad got saved, and a revival started in my family. And that is because of the blessing of the Lord is on our life. I mean, Aggie started coming to church as, what, a teenager, right? As a young person. Well, somewhere, right? Yeah. But you became a believer, and then God began to lead you and your family. And and um, Judy is, I'm sure, a light in her family. And Don and Pastor Tony and Kim and all of us are like people that are associated with us in our families that begin to share our convictions or that are even in contact with us experience a blessing in their life, right? That they would not have experienced if 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 they were not connected with us. And so... With Abraham, there is a blessing in his life. And if people will stay associated with you and I and not, and not betray uh, the friendship that they have with us in the sense that, well, let's look at Ruth. Ruth chapter 1, verses 16 through 18. Ruth developed a relationship with her mother-in-law because her husband died. Ruth's husband died. Remember the story? He died, mm -hmm. and then you have these two widows, Ruth and Naomi. And Naomi said, you're young, Ruth, you're beautiful. Go find yourself a new husband and a life for yourself. And, what, and Ruth was a Gentile. Naomi was a Jew. And what did Ruth say? No, I'm not going to leave you because there's a blessing in your life, and your people would be my people. Mm -hmm. And that was a decision to be associated with God's person who at that time was in great calamity. And how did God bless Ruth? In an amazing way. God blessed Ruth in an amazing way. Ruth actually becomes the grandmother of who? David, David right? David the king. Can you imagine that? And what, what would have happened if she did not associate herself with Naomi and later on meet her husband? We're going to read a, just a romantic story. Read the book of Ruth. I think it's just a romantic. We've all seen plays and movies about it. I mean, I haven't seen a movie about it. Has anybody seen a movie on Ruth? Netflix has it. It's actually good. I would imagine it's like a romantic story, you know? Book of Ruth is what they call it. So it's like Ruth is a story of how deciding to be associated with God's people in calamity and choosing against 
self-preservation and choosing against what would be best for you, we see God bless Ruth. For example, and I've had people say this to me, you know what, you want to get out while you still can. Like, you want to, you want to like not be associated with these people because the ship's going down and, and you are, you know, you're going to be, you're going to be associated with these people and it's going to, you're just going to be sorry for the rest of your life. I mean, how many people have said that to us before? And I said, you know something, you know, these are God's people and these are my people and I'm associated with these people mm-hmm. and, and God's with us. And, you know, those people that said that, they're the ones that are standing outside in the rain today. Yeah. And not that I'm happy about that because I'm not. It's heartbreaking. But look at what Ruth said here in verse 16 to 18 in chapter 1 of Book of Ruth. Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee or to return from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go, and where thou lodgest, lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God my God. Where you die, I will die. Wow, isn't it amazing? Where does does God's people die? We die daily at the cross, don't we? Mm -hmm. You know what that means? That we have relationships that I... I don't know if I just have never seen this. That just dawned on me, that this beautiful verse, huh? Yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's like, where you die, I will die. Like, what does that mean? Okay, well, I'm associated with the people of God in the church, and where do they die? They die daily to themselves. They take up a personal cross. They die to their self-life. They die to their preferences, and they just live for Christ. And that's where I'm going to die, too. And Ruth here describes body life and a corporate body life that we have heard um, our founding pastor Stevens talk about. Where you die, I will die. Wow, that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's really beautiful. A book could be written about that. And there will I be buried, right? We're buried. We die and we're buried. Isn't that amazing? And who knew? Who knows? Naomi, Ruth didn't know that Naomi was going to make it back to her, her family. Um, it could have very well been that Naomi died along the way. And if that was going to happen, then that was Ruth's decision also. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God my God. And where you die, I will die. Okay, I read that already. And more also, if aught but death part thee and me. And when she saw that she was steadfastly minded to go with her, then she left speaking unto her. Does this remind you of another story somewhere in the Bible? Two men. Think of two men, two prophets. Both begin with E. Elijah Elijah and Elisha. Elijah said to Elisha, stop following me. Uh, Now I'm going to go to the mountain and God's going to rapture me up. And Elisha said, as thy soul liveth, I will go with you. I will not leave you. That's discipleship, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Where else do we see this? In the New Testament. Which of the disciples talks about this? Peter, right? Mm-hmm. What does Peter say to Jesus? Jesus says, will you leave also in John 6? What does Peter say? Where, where, where would we go? You know, where would we go? Where else? Who else has the words of eternal life? You know? There's two types of Christianity in the world today. There's the Christianity that's the clean cut, everything's great. No scandals in that church Christianity. 
And there's the other type of church. And there's a church that's like, wow, you know, those the people in that church are sinners that really need a lot of grace. And we that's the church that we're a part of. That that's why we call it greater grace. A lot of grace churches around here. We say greater grace because we need more grace than everybody else. We need greater grace. You know, that the, non-sinner church. The non-sinner church. Yeah, it's called. Uh, it's called. Uh, well, I saw a church bullet of a church sign one time. Said, Only sinners are welcome here in Baltimore. Actually, we had that up here for a while. And, for some reason, we had no visitors that month. I don't know why. They couldn't see the sign back there. You into a Okay. No comment on that. <laughs> well, Ruth here says, where you die, I will die, and I will follow you. This is a blessing. What happens to Ruth, right? She gets this huge blessing in her life. She, she marries an amazing man who, who rescues her from her plight. Um. And this is a huge, huge lesson here that when we put God first and we put aside our wants and our desires and what we think that should happen in our life, which is so, by the way, blind, we have no idea what we need. If you were to ask us today, what do you need? I would be like, I have no idea what I need. I think I know what I need. I need more money. I need to pay my bills. I need this. I need, I need, I need some wisdom on my family. But what we really need is, is just to be associated with God's people. And, you know, Pastor Schaller said something the other day. He said, you know, and you know what? It was a charge that he gave to the MBCNS students. And he said, make it a decision in your life that you'll never betray godly friends. That was a good point, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. That we don't listen to things about other people behind their back because we respect people, don't we? We're not a gossiping church. I know that. But it could happen in the future that Somebody wants to talk about somebody else in the church behind their back. And it's like, you know what, I, I don't need to know that information. And if we really need to talk about that, let's have that person present so that they can tell their side of the story. Because we don't talk about people behind their back. We are, we are blessed by association. And I just want to close with this, that, you know, Abraham... Ruth, Peter, Elijah, all of them understood what it meant to be, and Timothy understood what it meant to be associated with God's people. And I just think that if you're a person that's gotten a lot of grace in your life, I think that it won't be difficult for you to to be associated with God's people. I think it would be like a blessing. Like, for example, I look at my life and I just think about where God brought me from. And I think it's like Colossians chapter 1, verse 12 is a great verse. Paul said, I give, to, I give thanks to God that I could be even associated with you people. Let's read this, Colossians chapter 1, verse 12. And we'll close with this, Colossians chapter 1, verse 12. And it says this, and believe me, the day will come when will you be faced with the decision, do I save face or do I, do, I, do I pay the cost of being associated? Colossians chapter 1, verse 12, giving thanks unto the Father which has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. Isn't that beautiful that Paul was saying, I give thanks that 
I have been made me to be a partaker of the inheritance of the saints. You know, we have a great inheritance here, a spiritual inheritance. And it's something that every week, every Sunday, every midweek service, we're learning more about this inheritance, our power that we have with God. And it's something that we more and more experience. And this is something that Paul was very thankful for in his life. But the day will come when, when we'll, be, we'll be faced with that decision. Save face, save my life, save my self-life, or follow the crucified to the cross and die where he dies. And to die where Jesus dies, it, 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 we know what happens three days later. He rises on the third day. And if he rises on the third day, we rise with him. And those people that mock you and that ridicule you for, for believing in what you believe in, and then even sometimes that even doubt that you have, like, am I really believing the right thing? All of that gets left behind, and we're resurrected with Christ, and we, we discover something. We possess our possessions. And that means that, that there are things that God wants us as believers to possess. And I want to talk about this Sunday. And I'm not going to spoil the Sunday message, but there are things that God... Remember, let me give you an example. The Hebrews, right? God leads them into, into Jordan, through the Jordan into the Promised Land, right? Did God have cities there for, Israel, for the Hebrews to possess? Yes? Yeah. There was land, there was blessing, there was, there was uh, authority, there was, there was so much that the Hebrews, that God wanted the Hebrews to possess. And basically, God said to Joshua and to the Hebrews, go into the land that I have given you and possess your possessions. And we're going to talk about that on Sunday, how many, many Christians don't really believe that God has something good for them. And it's not going to be like a God is good, uh, blessing us all the time message. It's not going to be one of those. It's going to be a message about how we, in uh, Acts chapter 14, verse 22, how we, through much tribulation, we enter into the kingdom of God. And, you know, I'm just talking to us as a team and as a church that um, don't get discouraged if things get really crazy in your life. Craziness always precedes great blessing. Uh, Amen. Don't be discouraged if you walk into your house and there's sewage on your floor. You know, it just means it's going to get... How, how can it get worse than that? <laughs> it could be, yeah, it could be in your living room. Well, it's an answer to prayer. But, uh, yeah, difficult times, tribulation always precedes, precedes blessing. And I just want to tell you guys, don't underestimate your influence on your family. You know what I'm saying? Judy's son's going to get married soon, you know? Pray for him. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So we'll be, we'll be praying for that. Amen? we got a great summer ahead of us and a great convention, and I'm personally really encouraged. Amen. So let's close in a word of prayer.